Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Over South Florida for you to take a test drive and fall in love. New and used South Florida Chevy dealers have never looked better. Want to listen to us anywhere, live or on demand? Just download the free Odyssey app and make WQAM your favorite station. And there we are, 24-7. Traffic on WQAM is sponsored by Lexus of Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. Drive home a new Lexus with the best price from Lexus of Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. Lexus, official luxury vehicle of your Miami Dolphins. Call 305-KENDALL today. Your way through Broward County, all lanes open. I-95 northbound at Oakland Park Boulevard. Still seeing delays back to 595, but getting better. And Miami delays continue southbound 95 from 135th Street down to the 395 eastbound Dolphin. A little bit heavy from the Palmetto out to I-95. And if you're on the Palmetto, watch for delays southbound from I-75 to Okeechobee Road. Brought to you by Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Car accident, truck accident, Uber lift accident, or slip and fall? Call Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Also open on weekends. I'm Amy, and that's traffic on AM560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9, HD2, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To the show... Joining us as he does every Friday, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, jumping on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? Do we have have Mike? That does not sound like Mike. Vlad, why don't we do a do-over there? Let's give that one more shot. Uh, we will have Mike Florio as soon as uh, Vlad redials him. Uh, while he is doing that, I want to let people know we have uh, another pair of pickleball tickets that we can give away. So, so since we screwed uh, we screwed everyone on the the Florio start to the interview, we'll uh, we'll, we'll give you pickleball tickets. Three zero five five six seven zero five sixty. Give Vlad a call. Give him a hard time about what he just did, and uh, he'll hook you up with some pickleball tickets. Uh, here is Mike Florio joining us uh, as he does every Friday here on the show. Mike, how are you? Good. You know, if you guys don't want to talk to me, just don't call me. You don't have to hang up on me as soon as I call in. <laughs> uh, Mike, Good morning. Uh, we, we are pumped up here for what should be an incredible <laughs> uh, Sunday of games. Uh, we're going to get uh, to both of those here with you. It just, you know, to me, it seems like betting against Patrick Mahomes at this point is, is a bad, bad move. The guy has just, he, he seems to prove it every single time he's doubted that, that he is still the best in this league. But I know Baltimore is playing great ball right now, Mike. How do you look at this game on Sunday here in the AFC? Six years as a starter, six AFC championship appearances. As sports fans, we love to witness history. Sometimes we don't realize we're witnessing it as we are. And I know that we're just coming out of an era in which the Patriots won six Super Bowls and Tom Brady won seven. But what Mahomes has done to start his career is uncanny. And there was a point in 2017 when he was sitting on the bench where 
I thought maybe they should just bench Alex Smith and put him in the game. He could be seven for seven, frankly, if they had done that. It's incredible, and he reaches a higher level of performance in the postseason. I think that it got inside the Bills' head last week, late in the game. What do we do? Do we try to bleed the clock? Do we try to score? We're afraid of Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens have to set all that aside. They've got to trust their abilities. They've got to do what they've done all year, and they can't get freaked out by the fact that they're going against this quarterback who becomes even more of a superhero when the season is on the line. He's got so much experience, 16 postseason games already. That's the key. And for Lamar Jackson and company, they just have to forget about that, go out and do their job, and hope it all works out. The Ravens, on paper, are the better team. But we see this every year. The Chiefs find a way in the postseason to get it all together. It it makes for a great game that could literally go either way. And I hope it doesn't come down to something fluky, something crazy, a bad call, because, you know, every bad call for one team is a good call for the other team. We don't want that tomorrow. We want it to be a good back-and-forth, hopefully high-scoring game that, that goes down to the wire and, you know, the best team that day wins. Would be kind of a fitting way for that game to end, though, Mike, with a, with a controversial call. Like, we haven't had our fair share of those this season, you know? Well, that's right. And, hey, this is the time where the controversial calls, when they happen, when a rule gets applied in a certain way or not applied, it lays the foundation for changes in the offseason. We saw that five years ago with the Rams Saints game that had the horrible uncalled pass interference that caused the NFL to make it subject to replay review for a year until they realized they couldn't figure out how to do it right, so they got rid of it. That's out there, the possibility for pass interference being called or not called, and we see that dynamic in the playoffs, especially late in the game, where that flag gets tucked a little bit deeper into the pocket. You've got defenses that are more inclined to push and shove and reroute receivers beyond the five yards where you're allowed to make that initial contact, and they just dare the officials to throw the flags. And a lot of times, that official doesn't want to be the one to throw the flag in a moment like that. All right, Mike, uh, Omar Kelly is here, so we're going to get to uh, the Dolphins stuff. He's going to ask you about that in a second. I, I just want to ask you about the other game here. Uh, the 49ers, you know, they, they had a tough one last week against the uh, the Packers. I thought Green Bay probably should have won that game. Uh, the Lions come in, and they're probably the best story we have going in the in the NFL. Do they have what it takes to, to pull an upset? I think they do. I'm surprised the line for this one is seven. It opened at six and a half, went to seven, and actually is seven and a half as of this morning. So people are believing in the 49ers. It's helpful to them that the weather is supposed to be good. We saw Brock Purdy struggle in the wet conditions last Saturday night against the Packers. But, you know, even though the Lions are – everybody's darlings and everybody wants to see them. Not everybody. I mean, if you're fans of the Bears, Packers, or Vikings, you probably don't like this. But a lot of people like to see the Lions get to the Super Bowl. They they haven't been overwhelming this postseason. They've got that great home field advantage. They beat the Rams by one point. Last week's game against the Buccaneers was eight points. And even though they covered the spread, it was a one-score game. There was that weird moment at the end where the Lions – inexplicably failed to work the clock the way they should have. Todd Bowles, the Bucks coach, inexplicably failed to call a timeout with 36 seconds left that would have gotten them one more possession. But it just hasn't felt like the Lions have overwhelmed anyone. What's going to happen when they go into a hostile venue where they don't have – now, I bet there will be plenty of Lions fans there because they travel incredibly well and they'll pay for those tickets. That could make a difference. But I think it all comes down to which quarterback can avoid having a bad day. We've seen both Jared Goff and Brock Purdy have bad days at times this year. It's the worst possible day to have a bad day. If one of them does, that's going to determine the game. 
Now, uh, Mike, I wanted to ask you this question about um, f- basically Dan Campbell and the success that he's having with Detroit. Obviously, uh, you know, most people know that he took over the worst franchise in the NFL and he actually seemingly tra- turned them around and could potentially get them to the Super Bowl if, he is, if he's able to pull off a win against the 49ers. Do you think that Dan Campbell can be the coach that kicks down the door for former NFL players who become head coaches? I mean, look at the list right now where we've got not just Dan Campbell, but Jim Harbaugh, another former coach, you know, takes over his second NFL organization. Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, both of them got hired this year, uh, former linebackers. DeMarco Ryan. Um, Then you've got Todd Bowles, Kevin O'Connell. Do you look at it now like the glass ceiling has been broken? Yeah, I do. And look, a lot of players who might be inclined to get into coaching, they realize once they take a job at the low level and try to work their way up, it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot more work to be a coach than it is to be a player. You got to grind. You got to be there. You're used to using your body and getting your body a lot of rest and having some downtime. And now you're there all the time. You're doing a kind of work you've never done before. And you're trying to develop skills that you don't naturally have from the fact that you're an athlete, but you've got access to the experience and the industry. And you're in a position where you can use that as a launching pad and you just got to grind and grind and grind and climb and climb, and then eventually you get your opportunity if everything works out. I think Campbell just ended up being the perfect coach at the perfect time for a Lions team that needed a kick to the butt. And he gave them that, and everybody loved it from the get-go. One guy, speaking of former players, that I don't think gets enough credit because he looks for none whatsoever as to the Lions transformation is Chris Spielman, linebacker for that team back in the 80s and 90s. And he is working with ownership. I think he was instrumental in the hiring of Dan Campbell. And he's not out there saying, hey, everybody, look at what I've done to turn the Lions around. He's content to just see him turn it around. But, you know, you got another former player in Spielman who's, who's helping to set the kind of throwback old school tone that is allowing this Lions team to be as good as it's been. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Tua Tungvaloa. Obviously, he's taking a lot of heat this offseason, and you do that when you when you basically poop the bed in the final three games Just of the a season. little bit of heat, Mike, not, not too much. Just, just, if, if Tua was out there right now, Mike, because, you know, the controversy is do you make him play on the fifth-year option or do you give him a, 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 a multi-year contract, maybe guarantee three, three years of the contract? If Tua is out there right now in free agency amongst the Russell Wilsons and, and – um, the Kirk Cousins, and I guess in competition with Justin Fields, who will more than likely be traded. How hot do you think his market would be if he was just an unrestricted free agent? You know, that's a great question because I think there's two different ways of looking at it. From a football X's and O's standpoint, you would have coaches and general managers saying, we value him at a certain level. The business side of an organization, especially if it's a team that's struggling for relevance, that Mm -hmm. wants to make more money, that wants to have, you know, a better bottom line than it currently has, Tua is a popular player. Tua is a guy that you can hold up that jersey with number one on it at a press conference in March, and you can inject some life into a team that we otherwise look at and say, eh, who cares? So... That's the conundrum with Tua. Extremely popular, likable guy, but from the football side, where does he really fit? And he did lead the league in passing yards this year, and this has been the big 
you know, chicken and the egg question, how much of it's Mike McDaniel, how much of it's Tua, how many other quarterbacks can do what Tua's mm-hmm. done. You know, at, at one level, it doesn't matter. Tua's done it, and people like him. And there will be fans out there that get excited about having Tua, regardless of whether or not it's good for your football team. Just like I think there are a lot of fans out there that aren't excited by the prospect of Bill Belichick being the coach of a team, even though it would help the team. It's all, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, they want us to think it's all about wins and losses, and that's a no, big part of it. It's not. It's also about getting maximum people to give up maximum dollars and maximum time to follow the team and support the team and stuff more money into the pockets of owners. So I think the market for Tua would be more than we think because there would be owners and business people out there saying, we're going to make more money if Tua is our quarterback. It is. It is big business for Tua. Uh, speaking of Belichick, Mike, uh, how surprised, if at all, are you that – he's not hotter on these streets when it comes to the head coaching vacancies. On the surface, it's shocking, but I go back to the comment that Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots made 15 days ago when addressing the question of whether consideration was given to bringing Bill Belichick back with less power over the team. And Kraft said that they thought about it, but they decided it wouldn't work because it would be confusing after the guys had absolute control of the football operations. And now he doesn't. I think that same mindset follows Belichick wherever else he would go. Because even if you bring him in with guardrails over how much power he has, once it's time to get to work and once he starts making that, that sour look and you know grumpy, harumphing and all that stuff that he does, and he doesn't like the idea that the general manager 30 years younger than him has for what they're going to do with the second-round draft pick, that's when it becomes a problem. Because even if he doesn't have the power, here's where he's got power. General manager drafts a guy. Belichick just doesn't play him. I didn't want him. I'm not going to play him. I'm still a coach of this team. I'm not putting him on the field. So I think there's a concern that if you do anything other than give him the keys to the car, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be difficult. And it's ultimately going to lead to fights and dysfunction. And I think that's why it was just Atlanta. I think the presence of Rich McKay in the front office was a big factor in it not being Atlanta for Belichick. And now, where does he go? What does he do? Does he take a year off? Does he go into media? Does he wait for next year where there's someone who's willing to hand him the keys? I had a reader suggest the possibility of him coming to Miami to be the defensive coordinator for 2024. Which... At some level, that would be awesome. I don't think he's interested, but, but you know, you just need to find a way. Maybe he needs to be humbled. And maybe mm. not getting a job in this cycle with seven jobs open, in theory, for him, maybe that's the thing that humbles him a little bit. Can you, and see, then him, maybe can next you see him go do TV, Mike? Can you see him go do TV, Mike? I, remember that, that show they did a few years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. The 100 Player? 100. Oh, man. Yeah. He was actually good on that. What, when you get him away, you know, and, and you got to understand his background. Grew up on the campus of the Naval Academy. That very strong military overtone with football. Everything's secretive, secret, 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 secret. So he puts on that, you know, name, rank, and serial number facade when it's time to talk football. And every once in a while, somebody would ask him some obscure historical football question that has nothing to do with his team's current interests, and he'll go on and on for 30 minutes about, you know, the evolution of the long snapper in the NFL or something like that. So... I think he, he's capable of being far more charming than what we usually see. Of course, it's the lowest possible bar when we see him at press conferences. But, yeah, he could do that. Yeah, and it's a way for him to stay in the sport, stay connected to it, stay front and center every Sunday, and then position himself to get back in 
next year. But, man, when you go 0 for 7 this year, you got a lot of work to do to get one of these jobs when you're one year even deeper into your 70s in early 2025. All right, Mike, real quick before we let you go, you mentioned the defense coordinator job for the Dolphins. What are your thoughts on Vic Fangio and the one-year experiment? And, yeah, Javon Holland uh, felt the need to put out a video of himself literally kicking a handful of rocks uh, right after uh, Vic was uh, mutually uh, the parting of the ways. What are your thoughts on that? The whole thing, I feel like it was poison from the get-go. He gave his word to the Dolphins, and then the opportunity arose with the Eagles after they found out Jonathan Gannon was leaving for the Cardinals, and I think that Fangio just wanted to stay in Philly. I just think that was a bad, a bad start, and you know we all expected it would be great. It was a perfect pairing. Fangio handles the defense. Mike McDaniel handles the offense, but... Now you're, hey, look, if it's not working, if his heart's not in it, if he wants to be back in Pennsylvania, whatever the truth is behind it, if it's truly mutual, that's fine. It's better to to part ways now than double down and make it worse. If a mistake's made by anyone in any capacity, if any decision made in connection with the NFL, if you know it was a mistake, the best thing you can do is admit it and move on. If you double down, it's only going to get worse. Mike, thank you for the time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.